0: Welcome to the Forthright Women podcast, where we're dedicated to revealing what keeps women leaders successful and sane. We address challenges like being an executive mom, enabling more women to rise, and fueling our own minds, bodies, and spirits. These conversations are unapologetically real, insightful, and from Forthright Women themselves. Let's do it. Welcome to the Forthright Women Podcast. I am April Martini, half of the Forthright People and Forthright Women duo, and I am joined again by my partner in crime on both fronts, Anne Candido. Hi. All right. So we are going to wrap... The eight-week curriculum that we have been doing for Stand in Your Power, Redefining the Art of Being an Executive Mom, and focusing these episodes on some high-level themes, learnings, things you can take into account, and also focusing on why the curriculum is important and impactful. Mm-hmm. So today, we, the culmination really is around continuing your progress, so we don't want to leave anybody high and dry. So the eighth episode is all about, all right, what have we learned, highlighting those key things, and then helping people go on their way while, of course, being here if they need us. So with that in mind, and. You were the originator of this whole idea of the sequoia tree. Mm -hmm. And I think that it really set the curriculum on the right path for folks. So talk a little bit about the impetus of that and your philosophy of that. It's definitely one of the themes that sticks with me and I think will continue to fuel me along my path as a fourth-rate woman and an executive mom.
1: Yeah, I think it really helps to have something that we can verbally in pictorially visually I guess resonate with just as in a reminder it just makes it a little bit stickier in your mind as you're thinking about what kind of presence you want to have and really the sequoia tree has some of the most prominent presence but it also is something that's natural it's from the earth it's grounded And it has some interesting characteristics, like we discussed in the the first episode, about it being brittle and how it's not great for logging, but it needs a tremendous amount of water and um, nutrients in order to grow so big, but it lasts forever. I mean, all these are just really great metaphors and analogies for us as women and when we are actually standing in our power, what we can accomplish so it's one that we've threaded through the whole entire seven weeks and one that I am definitely want to remind everybody of that when you're losing your way or you're not quite sure where to go, just go back to that sequoia tree and think about what that sequoia tree represents and then use that as kind of a, a semblance of personal strength that allows you to make the right choice for you.
0: Yeah, and I like it for two reasons. One, I think as women, so much of what we talk about in the curriculum is very emotionally charged for people. Absolutely. And so I think this adds some objectivity. I think the other thing it does is provides a different lens from the way we hear things and internalize them. So when you have things like the contradiction of it grows enormously large, but it's brittle. Yeah. And it needs a lot of water, right? You can easily equate that to some reference points for us as women in life and take it to a very quickly I think a deeper level to start to go there when we won't always do it yeah absolutely so So throughout the curriculum you and I have focused a ton for people on the balance of personal and professional and as part of the current curriculum you have to be a mom And so Mm -hmm. I would love for you to talk a little bit because while we give a lot of examples and help and assistance and support from the mom lens, we don't always talk really overtly about the example we're leaving for them and how our behavior really helps them grow up or it should be a lens for that. So I would love for you to just talk a little bit about this because I think it can help take some of the pressure off of executive
1: moms and allow them to really embrace who they are. Are you talking more about being a role model? A role model, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and I think this is a really big one, and sometimes it's a daunting one to have to take on because we don't always want that. But all these women who came before us took on that role. And so it is our responsibility to take that on for all those to come is the way that we feel, which is why we provided this curriculum. 100%. It's, it's also a key reason why you need to prioritize yourself. And it's a key reason why you have value. Mm-hmm. And the thing to re- remember here is that regardless if you like it or not, people are watching you to see what they should go do. And this includes a lot of our kids, especially our female Children. This includes the women in your office or the people that you might be mentoring or the people who, I mean, if you think about how we still are in the corporate environment, there's not a lot of female leaders to look up to still, right? So they're going to be looking up to you regardless if you like it or not. Men are going to be looking to see how you act and how you behave so they know how they need to start acting and behaving as well in the environment in order to create those collaborations that are really, really important to help everybody thrive. So, regardless if you, Want it or you like it or not, we are all role models, and we need to take that responsibility very seriously because it's our actions and behaviors that will basically influence the next folks that who are coming up, and even in the moment, the folks that are lateral to us, the folks that are above us. It all kind of creates that environment, and it's up to us to help shape that. Yeah, I had a situation recently where
0: Mia had to do an exercise about her mom for muffins with mom
1: breakfast. <laughs> and one of
0: the things that she had to fill in the blank on was my mom is really good at and she said work. And I had some people kind of give me the like like is was that okay with you? And I was like, are you kidding me? That's freaking amazing because so much of what I instill in them is the fact that I am a working mom. And just the other day we had this conversation again where I said, "What does mom do at her job and she said she makes sure I get to school on time and then she does a podcast with Ann and (laughs) then you talk to your clients and then you go to meetings but I mean just to hear her little four and a half year old brain internalize that and be able to feed back to me some of the things that she sees and observes because I'm interested in that too like what example am I setting? But also the pride for me of her saying that I'm good at work means that she understands on some level how meaningful that is, and I believe it's setting her up for future success.
1: Yeah, I had a similar example um, I, a couple of weeks ago. Corinne got invited to play up in Toledo one game, which is for you guys who may not know, three and a half hours <laughs> up there for a two and a half hour game and three and a half hours back, and we had already have plans, and so she got a ride with somebody else, and that ride fell through, and she's like. Or you can't take me? I'm like, I already have plans for tonight. I'm not not gonna be able to get you up there and back. So I'm sorry. I'm just choosing myself here. And and there's a lot of extenuating circumstances. This was not one of her primary league games. She was invited to play, she was a guest player, all of these other situations. And she was very disappointed, but she did find another ride and it was totally fine. Now, fast forward a week later, when she's like, hey, I have a conflict between a track meet and a soccer game. I really want to go run in this track meet, but I'm afraid I'm going to disappoint my players on the soccer team who really count on me. And I said, you know, Corinne, it's okay sometimes to prioritize yourself, Mm -hmm. right, to choose what you want to do in order to be able to have the biggest sense of fulfillment. If I hadn't done what I did the week before, that would have just felt very hollow. Mm -hmm. I think she would have been like, well, yeah, you say that, but you don't choose yourself, right? So it's a matter of walking the talk in order to be able to reinforce these Teaching moments in a very valid way, an authentic way.
0: Yeah. It is. It's it's walking the walk and talking the talk, right? Making sure that we are being considerate of the situation and like you said, putting out there what we think we should be putting out there and
1: not doing the you're gonna do as I say, not as I do. And guess what? Corinne's gotten really resourceful. <laughs> Which is also the other side. Yeah. Of,
0: yep. Yep. Raising them and to be independent. All right. One of the other tough things I think that we have talked about a lot and observed and it was really foundational to the curriculum was actually putting your money where your mouth is, scheduling things in, and then holding that schedule. So this is a little bit more tactical in nature, but I do think it builds good habits. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit
1: about that and how you do it and how you maintain it and how you make it a priority. Yeah, if you don't schedule it, it doesn't happen. I mean, you can't schedule someday, so you have to schedule something, mm-hmm. right? Even if you put it in as, you know, in the in the two weeks in the, in the future when you think you're going to have the time, fine. Block out the time in your calendar, but then hold it sacred. Don't keep moving it. Don't keep making excuses that it was, oh, it was just free time. I was going to go do this and something else more important came up. You have to hold it sacred and you have to put very specific action items associated with it, or it does just become like, oh, I have my free time on hold that was planning to do this, but now something else came up. If it's not something that you're going to be very clear about and that you're going to be committed to, you're not going to go do it. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. And what we had talked about is like, if you're not exactly sure what that is, just pick something you could go do now. It could be Mm -hmm. something very simple. It could be, I'm gonna spend five minutes researching something. I'm gonna listen to a 20 minute podcast on something. I'm gonna go find the best book that gonna give me some insights on this. Whatever it is, you can put that in your schedule. It might seem silly, but it is a step in the right direction. So I think it's really important that you do schedule something in and make sure you hold that.
0: Yeah, and I think the putting things on one calendar is another sort of point to that because yeah. what I think that we do well at 4th Rate People and I remember a real sense of anxiety when we were going to open up our calendars and we brought Laura on to help schedule right. things and how were we going to manage that because I had worked at so many places where my time was not my own and I was never going back to that place again. And so I think by... Putting things on the calendar in equal measure, if you will, it's a block of held time whether I'm going to read to Mia's class or I'm going to my facial or I'm going to a meeting with a client. Now, it's not to say we're that inflexible where we don't make concessions or we don't change things around or those types of things. Right. But I think the fact that, one, to your point, they live on the calendar, I am saying I'm going and doing that. But it's also prioritizing my entire life, including myself, in so doing. Instead of what I think sometimes happens, which is, oh, I could move, I can move that facial. I can move that haircut.
1: I don't really yeah, need Yeah, I'm Sarah. not as important I'm not whatever as whatever else is going on, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So with that part of the conversation kind of wrapped up, we're gonna go into some quick fire questions here. And the first one, Anne, is do you currently prefer to do the
1: work or oversee the work and why? Oh, this is such an interesting one because when I was – I'm a left brain and right brain. I'm an engineer by background, but I'm really enjoying – indulging in the creative side. And I'm finding that I'm actually pretty decent at it in some respects. I can't I don't do the visual toolkits. I will never do the visual (laughs) toolkits because I'm like, it looks good to me. And I was like, Oh, no, no, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Oh, now it looks better. But I've never (laughs) been able to articulate why. So that I kind of leave to the experts. But things like especially writing that I'm finding a lot of joy into taking some of the structure that I get and understand about business and business solutions and vision, mission, vision, value, all those sorts of things, and translating that into something that people can li- really live into. And so I feel like that doing I really like. If it's something that I don't really like to do, then I'm totally fine managing it. But I'm finding I like to do the work more than I'm like managing the work lately, although I would been
0: totally opposite in P&G. Yeah, well, and I think that is an interesting lens because for me, on the other side of the agency being the doers, yeah. When I say I partner with the P and which you know, first people laugh at and are like, "Oh, yeah," and I'm like, "No, really." And then on the other side of that, she loves writing brand stories. Is one of the things I always say. People are like. Ah! I am like, no, she's actually really good at it, and she seriously loves it. I do. So I, I really do. one of those tools. I mean, yeah.
1: creative outlet. And then when I start calling myself a creative and make April's eyes roll, like – Yeah, they do every time. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm still – I'm living into it. <laughs> I think that's fair.
0: All right. So our second quickfire question
1: here is dogs or cats and why? Um, I've had both. I know. I think I'm going to have to say dogs just because there's some – things about cats, which I think kind of ruins the relationship. And one is our last cat would spray in our house and you just cannot clean up cat pee no matter how hard you try and it ruins your furniture. Now, dogs can also chew furniture and all that kind of stuff, but you can train a dog a whole lot easier than you can train a cat, so to speak. So I'd say dogs.
0: All right. So the third quickfire uh, question here is If you look at when we're very busy right now, your current life situation as a mom of older kids, mm-hmm. what are the outlets that exist for you that didn't exist when they were younger?
1: Oh, Jesus, time for sure. Because, well, you know, time in a different way. So, as I'm thinking about it, Corinne is going to be getting her license in August. At that point in time, she gets freedom to take herself to all of her sporting events and all of her activities, which there is a lot of them. So, and that's actually actually the 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 thing that I noticed the the most difference in when Ainsley went off to college, and I no longer had that driver. Was that all of a sudden my schedule became a little bit not my own because it was all about hey when's practice when you need to be picked up. Now she does a really good job of getting rides to a lot of things, but when it comes to some of like club soccer and stuff, it's just there's nobody around to, to kind of share in those duties. So as you get older, I think what becomes, or as the kids get older, what, I guess you get older too. What becomes more your own is your own time, your own schedule, which is why it's so important to think about what you want to be when you grow up and what you want to do with that time. Otherwise you start feeling like, oh, if my kids don't need me, what's my purpose? And then, a lot of times people go have other babies or whatever. And I'm like, oh, gosh, just don't do that. And then you kind of get like a little listless. Like it's kind of like, OK, now I'm, if I'm a little bit done serving others. What is my purpose in life? What am I going to do with my time now that they don't need me like they used to? Yeah, I think that's a great answer. And a good culmination to today's episode.
0: So thank you everyone for joining us on our, our final culminating discussion around our curriculum around Stand in Your Power, Redefining the Art of Being an Executive Mom and how we're going to continue progress. And Anne, thank you for being here for
1: this final episode to that topic. Thank you. Being a 4th by woman can be challenging on a good day, which is why we offer individual group coaching as well as group trainings and keynotes. Check out our website, forthright-women.com to learn more. If you find this podcast of value, please rate and review us and share with other women who could use a boost to become a forthright woman.